0: Now we're live. All right. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. This is Father Tay. Today we um, are starting our retreat for the next two, three months um, to do six different talks about um, women and what they may be facing towards marriage, towards single life, towards religious life. Um, how to go about that, what is it to be a good holy Catholic woman, what it is to be a woman uh, called to marriage, what is it to uh, religious life, what is it to be in the um, singlehood stage, Um, and then also the feminine genius and what it is to be um, an all-around holy Catholic woman. So for that conversation, um, we have Emily Bruns and Emily Lofi with us. Um, and they'll be helping us see that perspective um, from their perspective, and then we'll be adding in um, our thoughts as priests um, towards those different conversations that we'll be having over the next uh, three weeks. So, without further ado, I'll introduce um, Emily Bruns into the conversation. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Fathers. Um, this is actually my first time being on a podcast. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, I'm originally from Kentucky, and now I live in Winona, Minnesota. I serve at Winona State University uh, as a focus missionary. Um, this is my sixth year in Minnesota, so I've traded the warmness of the south um, for the cold north, but <laughs> it has awesome. won a place in my heart, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love um, going for walks and drinking good cups of coffee, um, and spending time with people. Um, I'm also engaged to my fiancé, Brandon, and we will be getting married in October. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be a new wife.
2: Yeah!
0: (laughs) First time. Rock it. Sorry. What? Do you want to introduce? Sure. And our next guest
2: is Emily Lofi. Let me enjoy my coffee. Jeez, man. Can you introduce yourself to us, Emily? Sorry.
3: Yes. Hello. I am Emily Lofi, and this is my second time being on a podcast. Um, And actually, my second time being on this podcast. So my first and only podcast
0: appearance. Right. There is only only one podcast worth it. No kidding.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's good to be back on. And um I am originally from Colorado, but my husband and I got called back to live in Winona. Um, We previously lived in Winona as focus missionaries, um, maybe like 10 years ago now, a long time ago. But anyway, we have been living back in Winona for the past three years and I Mm -hmm. have um, been happily married to Erin for almost eight years. It'll be eight years in October. It's a great month to have a wedding anniversary. And we have four kiddos, um, ages seven down to six months. And um, what else? Well, I guess for the sake of kind of credibility for the topic, I also um, do some like freelance writing and editing for a blog, the Catholic Match Institute blog. And so I like to think that I'm a little bit of a relationship expert because of that, but maybe not. I just read a lot of articles on
0: dating and stuff so um, i don't read those articles so (laughs) you're more of an expert than i am i guess
3: (laughs) (laughs) great great we'll go with it we'll go with it yeah that's
0: good that's good um so today we're going to kind of talk about like um conversations of preparing for marriage um how to strive to be a good catholic wife and what that all entails and we'll talk a little bit about um what is so um what is it Is is singlehood a vocation? Is it a waiting period? We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the beauty of um, religious life, women discerning religious life, and what that kind of entails from a priestly perspective, and Father Tay will kind of guide that. So last time we talked about, um, I think we ended with talking about friendship, dating, and like the hookup culture culture. and all those different things um, for preparing for marriage, like, um, what is it, what are the, yeah, how do I guess strive to, um, to navigate, between navigate them. into, uh, dating and that whole thing, that whole world? Who wants to go first? <laughs> no, no?
3: Oh, sorry, I guess, um, since I was spouting up about that at
0: that last session.
3: Um, so... I think that there is often a stigma in obviously the dating world, like the secular dating world, that Mm -hmm. it just kind of becomes like hookup culture. And Mm -hmm. um, we all know like what that can lead to and and the dangers of that. Mm -hmm. But I think in the Catholic world, there's almost like the opposite of that where people are so fearful of having it be like a hookup culture mentality that then they like kind of skip like the dating phase and they, Mm -hmm like they have to go straight to like this intentional like relationship phase with everybody that they want to date or are romantically interested in. And I think that that can be dangerous, especially for women because um, we women tend to get very attached um, to the men that we are dating Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty easily. And um, just that emotional um, nurturing, emotional side that God has blessed women with can Sometimes be a crutch, I guess, or like something to look out for, a weakness or whatever um, in the dating world. Because if you, yeah, I feel like you're just like dating somebody too quickly or like too intensely, um, then your heart gets, you know, open too soon and you can let your guard down. And then all of a sudden it's not the right fit. And it can be really devastating when a relationship ends. Um, and so I think it's really important just to bring back that idea of like just the casual fun dates. Like if, you know, if if you think that you're called to marriage and you want to just like learn about yourself and learn about what relationships work well with you and what personalities and that kind of stuff, it's okay to like go on casual dates with men Mm -hmm. and um, it doesn't have to be this like hookup sort of sense, obviously, because Mm -hmm. if you're pursuing virtue, it's not going to lead to anything that would be, sinful or whatever else Mm -hmm. um but on the other hand like just because a man asks you on a date doesn't mean that you're going to marry him Mm -hmm. and so keeping it all within perspective and Mm -hmm. knowing that it's okay to go on a first date or even a second or third date just casually with somebody just to kind of get to know them and and get Mm -hmm. to know um yourself in the process as well um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that would be i think the biggest thing is just to not be afraid of um that concept of dating and like letting yourself be pursued by somebody who wants to date you in that casual sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Emily Bruns, do you have anything to add to that? Not really. (laughs) Okay. Um, Something that you said, um, both self-knowledge and um, self-knowledge through dating, I guess kind of, Mm. um, you know, when you and, Aaron, we're starting to date back before you were married. Like, what was the point or what was the, the shift? What were some of the things that you recognized about yourself as you went about dating? And then you also talked about, like, the woman's um, innate want to be pursued. Like, could you kind of dive into that a little bit for for our listeners that might not see that as um, – As a particular feminine thing of wanting to be pursued and, like, how do you perceive it inside of yourselves um, as you were dating and now even into marriage, um, what that looks like?
3: Sure. I'll try to address all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'll address it first off with a story Um, because I think at least it'll touch on kind of that first part of, like, learning about yourself in the dating process. Yeah. So, um, back when I was in like my mid twenties, probably, um, I had just finished my first year as a focused missionary, like Emily Bruns had talked about before. Um, in this first year, we were, are asked as missionaries to go on a dating fast where you don't date anybody or like have romantic feelings towards anybody. And so, um, I would highly recommend that for anybody to do if you haven't done one, because it is very, just very essential to just kind of take that concept of dating or relationships off the table Mm. for a time being and really delve into your relationship with the Lord. So as I was coming off of that, um, I kind of entered into the summer as my dating best ended. And I actually um, started like, started off I guess with you know a sense of like oh make up for last time and start dating around I guess and it, it's sure. not in like the hookup way
0: but sure. Um, sure. there
3: were a couple of men that just started you know asking me if I would like to go on some dates with them and so I um just felt like sure you know it's it's just a good sense of kind of getting to know um myself and other people and everything and so I ended up kind of in the course of a couple months, like going on maybe two or three dates with like a couple different guys and nothing ended up like, you know, turning serious. So there were, there were no conversations of like, Hey, should we make this into a relationship or whatever else? Um, but it was good in that process because I felt like I was learning, you know, like what kind of personalities I like to be around, um, what kind of temperament um, and just how I I guess, react in those different environments with, with different mm. men in different yeah. situations and stuff. So it was just a good season. Like, I had never really – I think coming off of that dating fest, I, I had a really good perspective of the point of dating, and I had never really had a season where I was just, like, kind of open to that exploration of self through being open to dating. Um, and then kind of after maybe, like, there were – three or four different men that were kind of just asking me on dates casually or whatever. Um, Finally, my husband got up the courage to ask me on a date, and he was the one that I was kind of like waiting around and hoping would pass (laughs) with the one. And so in the meantime, while he was waiting, I just said yes to these other men because I figured, you know, I wasn't going to just wait around forever. But but he will tell you that maybe – because we were – yeah – we're in kind of a unique environment where everybody kind of knew that people were going on dates and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, he was kind of watching all this from the sidelines and like watching me go on these different dates with different guys. And um, he will tell you that that kind of like repelled his courage to mm. finally pursue me because he's like, well, she's not rejecting those other guys. So maybe she won't reject me either. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> The man's desire so to be wanted. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. That's beautiful.
3: So, I don't know if that fully answers the first question, yeah. but I feel like it kind of does. And then it kind of leads into that second question of just like that desire to be pursued. Mm-hmm. And um I think it's really tricky. It's really tricky as a woman. And I think Emily Bruns would agree with this because, you know, like we're told that, like, As women, like, we don't want to be, like, the pursuers in the sense Mm -hmm. that we're, like, really, like, chasing after a man. Um, But you don't want to just be a sitting duck either. Like, you kind of have to, like, let a man know that you're interested in Mm -hmm. him. And so it's kind of striking that fine balance. And um, because men often are Mm -hmm. nervous to ask women on dates. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, like, they... Like, what my husband said, like, he, he needed to know that, like, if he was going to stick his neck out there and ask me on a date, that he would have a pretty good chance of me saying yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. looking back, like, I after we, like, started dating for a while, I, I had asked him, like, well, what finally made you, like, want to ask me on a date other than these other guys, seeing these other guys take me on dates? And he said, well, it was this one comment that you said to me about, like, well, you know, like, maybe I just haven't had the right person ask me on a date yet or something. And, um, and then he's like, and then you said something like the next day, like, Oh, I'd really love to spend more time with you. Or, um, and he's like, finally I started putting two and two together that you liked me or something. So I don't know. Sometimes it's tricky as women to Mm. have to like, wait for that man to to pursue you. But I think that there are things that we can do to show that interest. And so I think that's a good, Mm. good reminder overall. Um, and then, did you say, like,
0: within marriage, too? Yeah, like, it, in, within marriage, like, what is it to be pursued still within marriage? and Which yeah. normally gets dropped by the wayside, if we're being frank about it. Um, mm-hmm. It gets kids, you know, follow and gets in the way and things like that. But the sacrament is between the two of you. And so, like, the goodness of marriage comes from the goodness of um, mom and dad being able to have a relationship of, of love. So... Yeah, if you could speak into maybe some of that, you know.
3: Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, like, especially talking about, like, the feminine heart, like, every woman has that desire to be pursued, and that stems from our desire to be pursued by the Lord, but it's modeled and carried out in our earthly relationships as well. So, particularly within marriage, which is a sacrament that's ordained by God um, to bring, you know, that grace into that marital union, there is, yeah, there's a very important need, I guess, for for a husband to pursue his wife. And I think, um, yeah, like you said, Father Brian, it, it can be very easily cast aside, or there's sometimes that assumption, like, well, you're already married. Like, why do you need to, yeah. you know, continue to impress each other or whatever mm-hmm. else? But mm-hmm. um, it's that sense that, like, your heart is always growing and changing, and as spouses, there's always... A deepening that you're being called into Mm. in marriage. And um, that doesn't stop at the altar, it actually is just the beginning. And so continuing to just walk with each other through the seasons of life. And I think for me, particularly as a wife, where I've struggled in that, is um, letting my heart and myself be vulnerable enough to, I guess, like depend on. Aaron, depend on my husband for things, and so there's kind of that sense, like, when we're growing up, that, like, we have to be independent in everything, and, like, that's what makes us an effective adult, is being independent, but um, in marriage, and I would say probably in every vocation, there actually is this dependency that you need to have um, on, particularly in marriage, on your spouse, um, and then, obviously, that that mirrors like our dependency on God. Um, but just really like letting that, that vulnerability come through so that you can depend on your spouse, um, to, yeah, help you through things and to, you know, like you don't have to act like you've got it all together or whatever. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's where I have struggled in the past in terms of like that pursual that I know that my husband wants to, to give me, um, Mm -hmm is that I just feel like, oh, like, I just want him to think that I have everything together and that I can, like, cook great meals all the time and clean okay. the house all the time before he comes yeah. home and yeah. raise more kids uh, and, you know, and that's just not reality. Like, we're a team and yeah. we need to depend on each other. And so um, letting him pursue me in the ways that he wants to love me, I guess, um, mm-hmm. is really important.
0: So. Yeah. And letting them know best ways to show love, right? That's sort of the love languages. If we've never talked about the love languages, we should do that sometime, the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And how it yeah. is that we are best received in love and um, give love. So mm-hmm. that will be a fun thing to talk about someday. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I Thank you for sharing all all of that. Uh, I mean, that helps a lot. Uh, this is a question for both of you too, whoever wants to address it. Do you think, like especially right now, has friendship suffered a lot, right? You know, as, as from a guy's perspective, right? You know, uh, I hear sometimes priests, a lot of good young Catholic women are like, "Father, it's so hard to have good Catholic guy friends," right? And all the good Catholic guy friends are like, "Well, I don't want to be always be in the friend zone too," you know. So how does one navigate like all of that? How how does both men and women be be honest with each other, um, in in any type of friendship? can go. If I think did,
1: this is something that I've gotten to see kind of change within the Newman Center community where I work as a public yeah. missionary throughout my time here mm-hmm. uh, because when I first came to campus yeah. you'd be at an event and the women would be on one side of the room and the guys would be on the other and yeah. they wouldn't interact and if one crossed to the other side everyone in the room was like Oh, he must have a crush on her. Like that's where everyone's mind went and they yeah. they didn't know how to interact with each other just as brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ and yeah, really what does it look like to be friends? Um and so it's different now where people are yeah, both genders are being together. Um and I think that has come from like groups not being afraid to like mix to like different Bible mm-hmm. studies. Like the guy, like my guy teammates will invite like our Bible studies to go bowling or just do something together where guys and girls are able to hang out together in groups. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, that's even how I met my fiance because I was hanging out with a group of girls that hung out with a group of guys that he was friends with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were just in that casual group setting, just sharing life together. Um, And it wasn't anything yeah, like, oh, I need to go be one-on-one with him or whatever. I was just learning how to, yeah, interact, um, yeah, with guys, like with these other girls that I was hanging out with. We were all friends, and I think from that, then other friendships and other relationships evolved, but it was from just being able to be together as friends in that sense first.
0: So it was the the opportunity of hanging out with, each other within just a frank friendship that friendship with a group that actually made it possible to have that deepening of that pursuit of relationship. Yeah. Nice. Good. Um, so both of, well, I guess all of us have been single. Um, So how do navigating singlehood, um, no, it's not supposed to mean. I'm scared. I'm scared. Dude. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just, just um, how does it work, like being single, um, and like what is your pursuit while being sing- single? Um, and then what are what are kind of um, some practical things that you can work on while you're single, in order to um, be the bride, you know, that you want to be, kind of, I guess. Um, so what is what is singlehood? What is the what is the joy of being single that you, we can focus on something and or someone and be able to move from there? Yeah, large enough question. <laughs> I think I'll go ahead.
3: I guess um, it's been the longest since I've been single, so I might as well. There
0: you start. go. Might as well. I
3: probably don't have as much to say about it, but um, I think one of the beauty beauties of singlehood is that it's not just this like waiting period that's wasted um and I think maybe we even touched on this last time we spoke but just it's not meant to be like this yeah kind of holding period where you're just like waiting for your life to begin like your life is happening in your singlehood and the Lord is with you and has like a specific plan and purpose for you in this season and it's so important to first of all like recognize that but then also like pursue that and you know like start every day with okay lord like how do you want me to live this phase of my life to the fullest Mm -hmm. um because yeah i think so often people feel like it's just yeah the wasted years like you're just waiting around and trying to figure life out or if you know you're called to marriage but you're not in a relationship then you you know it's just like this you can get pent up with anxiety and frustration because um the lord hasn't you know ordained it for you to meet your spouse yet and Mm so um you know i think just trusting that god gives you a season for a reason and just to continue to lean into that and look for ways to use that to not only like prepare you for your vocation but like to prepare you for eternity i guess Mm -hmm. um because i don't know like you think about the saints some of the saints that never really entered their vocation because they like died early, like Pierre Giorgio Frassati is the one that I think of always. Like he Mm -hmm. died when he was 24. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And, um, you know, just this amazing man that everybody was drawn to and he used his life to serve and to, I mean, he had so many like Mm -hmm. poor people show up at his funeral and his parents were shocked, but that was the kind of man he was. He was just out there amongst the people and, you know, like he didn't, he didn't enter his vocation, so to speak, and then he died so young from being sick. But that wasn't like a wasted life by any means. I mean, he's a right. blessed. So clearly the Lord can work through everything, even if you haven't officially entered your vocation yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think just continuing to be intentional with the time. I think practically it's very helpful to have, like, spiritual direction regularly, um, just to, yeah, continue to discern, like, what the Lord is telling you and asking you to do with your life, um, obviously, like, a regular prayer routine, um, is most essential, like, having a daily prayer routine, and I can tell you as a married woman, that is a married woman with children, so a mother, mostly, this is more of a mother thing than a vocational thing, but, Mm -hmm. That is the thing that I miss the most about being single is just Mm -hmm. having that flexibility to go and pray Mm
2: -hmm.
3: for an hour or more like every day in front of the blessed sacrament in quiet and, you know, not worry about a nursing baby at home or whatever else. Like it's just, it's just a different season. And so really taking advantage of growing your own holiness and having Somebody to kind of direct you in that as well, but then like taking care of yourself too. Like it's just okay. a great season to like better your health, like start a good exercise mm-hmm. routine, mm-hmm. maybe get some counseling for your own mental health, just so that you're you know whole and ready to be in a relationship when yeah. the time comes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot a lot that you can take advantage of in in the season of mm-hmm. singleness. So.
1: Nice. Yeah, I can add a few more things to that. Uh, Emily Lofi, um, I think, yeah, I had a teammate one year that told me, like, that someone had shared with her um, that while she was single, like, her, that season was intentional and would be a gift to her her, her husband, um, yeah, if that's the vocation that she was called to, um, how she was preparing herself during that time would be a gift to him, uh, and so she was encouraging me just to build in that extra time in my schedule to take care of myself so whether that was going and get going in spending extra time in prayer or learning how to cook a new recipe or just like keeping my house clean like those skills that are definitely yeah you need as a married woman um but that then that time could be replaced when he came into the picture that like oh i've been doing all of these things now i have this time in my schedule that now i can call you or we can go on a date or we can hang out but like that i've been intentionally preparing myself uh, for that time, when it comes, and I think one of the biggest things that's blessed my life has been hanging out with other families, um mm-hmm. like being welcomed in to the home of other married couples or married couples with children, and just being a part of their family life mm-hmm. uh it's brought so much healing to my own just story and who I am, and yeah my um how I was raised, and things, just like getting to see other people living out their vocation mm-hmm. um but, yeah, just, like, realizing that moms with a lot of kids can can use some help. And so if I can come over and do a load of laundry because I don't have a wash machine and help you change a diaper or play with your kid or whatever so you can take a shower, um, that's, like, blessing my life because – I'm being around that family, but I'm also <laughs> um yeah, it's also helping that mom out because they need some extra help. So that's been a huge gift um for me in my singlehood is just getting to be around other families. Um and yeah, just welcomed in to the good, the bad and the ugly of marriage and family life and just getting to see that and yeah, have it bless my life but also theirs.
0: Awesome. Um that's curiosity question. I'll give you time to think about it while I talk about singlehood and if it's a vocation or not. But um, curiosity, if you would have some words for um, high schoolers that are, you know, thinking of yourself in high school, um, what it would be to be dating in high school, or what are the different avenues of going through that. So we'll come back to that after um, I go on this side tangent. Um, <laughs> so... Singlehood. Uh, I have a few friends that are, you know, in their 30s, some of them are in their 40s, and they're still single. Um, is that a call for the life? Is that a call for being single for the rest of your life? Or is that um, you missed out on an opportunity? Or what? What is, what is it? Is singlehood an actual vocation? I guess, not to get into the debate about it, um, But to articulate what singlehood is or what a vocation possibly to singlehood life could be. So there is consecrated single people um, and there's people who serve the church. So vocation in the largest aspect um, is to serve the church. And so priest, marriage and religious all serve the church in some aspect. And the people that I know who are single are actually serving the church with their being single. Um, because they're single, they're able to journey with a lot more people, able to spend the time doing um, things that only single people have the time to do. You don't have the time once when you're married, you don't have the time once when you're a priest, and you don't have the life when you're uh, in religious order. So there is a vocation, um, in some sense, to pursuing the greater good of the church. What isn't a vocation is um, allowing ourselves to be single just for our own personal gain. Um, It's not a selfish thing. Like, I'm single. I'm a bachelor. I'm living as a bachelor because I want to pursue my own ends. Like, that's not not a gift. That's not a life of love. That's not a life of sacrifice. We actually had a – now he's a bishop, but he was – in his 40 mid 40s and he had huge house uh all the money he wanted all successful things that he could have wanted Mm -hmm. and one night he was sitting down watching tv and he just turned off the tv and looked around at this empty house didn't have a wife didn't have kids and he goes what is this all for like he just had this moment of realization like my life is worthless right now. Like, I have done nothing except live okay. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, which, for him, well, it was a huge wake-up call. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, And then that actually led him in. That was kind of like the beginning of his conversion, and now he's a bishop. So um, it's like that conversation is like, am I giving my life away in love even as a single person? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's true, then maybe it is the vocation for your life. Um, but... It's um, it's something to, to be discerned, and if you are single and have that, and you think it may be your call, like, spiritual direction is definitely a necessity. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. As priests, it's necessary for us to be in spiritual direction because we can't see our own faults most days. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: we need somebody else's perspective to give us um, objective truth into our um, reality of um, – with. So that would be my kind of take on that. You got anything to add to that? <clears throat> um, I think you've you followed Brian, You've had a
2: lot of good points. You know, the real question is, who are you serving, right? Who am I serving? And I always go back to, to the, the main definition of the Catechism, the Baltimore Catechism, right? Our purpose here on Earth is to know God, to love Him, to serve Him, and to be within the next life for eternity, Right? That's Baltimore Catechism. That, that's that's what we're called to do. And so in any state of life, either married or religious life or priesthood, who are we serving, right? Scripture has always asked us, Who are you serving? Who is your master? Because there is that gift of I'm gonna use a big word, fecundity, right? Life <laughs> Wait. Say that one more time. I don't even know if I know what that means. It's a fecundity. Fecundity. Which is, you know, the gift of life. How are you giving your life spiritually? physically as you know like you know emily love you've given yourself of, of your life physically as a mother but on a spiritual level there's that need to be to be loved by god and to be nourished and also to give of oneself i know this sounds very like um romantic but all but why does society says why are you why aren't you happy like wh- why can't i be happy right there's that desire for god and what's more important is that desire for god to be Realizing them to be actualizing them to give a once life for him. This could be a dog talk for another day, but I'll try to. Hey Siri, how
0: do you spell it's fecundity?
2: It's F E C U N D I T Y.
0: Wow, you're slow. You is
3: your
0: spirit Australian or what? It is Australian for sure, for sure, first choice, yeah, female Australian, Yep. <laughs> so so that's kind of
2: my that's kind of my going back to that's kind of my thought too. Who am I serving? Who am I called to love, because like Father Brian says, even if you're in a state of single life, Giorgio Forsati loved God, so he was totally immersed of giving his life to God, and when you're married, you're totally immersed in loving your spouse and your children as priests. Um, we we have the advantage of loving God supernaturally and naturally through the children in the parish that that we're serving.
0: All right. So to wrap it up, any um, thoughts, either Emily's, about what you would say to yourself in high school or advice you would give to high schoolers in particular, um, navigating the waters of high schoolers as a woman in today's day and age? um, And then we'll save um, vocation for um, the Mm -hmm. next – conversation sure. so.
3: um hmm. well I was sitting here thinking what would I tell myself in high school about mm-hmm. dating and the only thing I could think of was don't do
0: it
3: <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs>
0: i mean, I mean yeah. honestly as as a priest i'm like yeah no no don't do it just don't just stick away from yeah. it yeah
2: and
3: yeah as i'm thinking about my own children who like high school is maybe like what like seven years away for my oldest which is yeah. crazy um mm-hmm. yeah i just i don't know like i think it's really hard especially maybe because of our like world right now with, like, social media and just all, all the, like, chaos of how we learn to communicate in these awful ways, um, not saying it's all, like, technology isn't all bad, but I think that that has really caused a down, downfall in, like, socialization and
0: Mm -hmm.
3: social virtue and stuff, but, um, but even before that, like, I was in high school a while ago, um, and so even before all this cultural stuff, like, I... I can't say that I can look at any of my dating experiences in high school and say that those were valuable
0: to be honest. Like Mm -hmm.
3: for most of them, like I kind of wish they never happened, you know, like Mm -hmm. there were a lot of regrets with, um, what I did or didn't do or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so I just feel like, not that it's like, you know, like you hear stories occasionally of people marrying their high school sweethearts and, um, Yeah, like that's, you know, God can definitely use that. And it is possible that you could maybe meet your future spouse in high school. Um, And kind of back with what I said about like dating is a great way to learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. Could that apply in high school? Maybe, but you're also just learning about yourself in general. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's a very impressionable time. And it's really hard to like bring a relationship like that, a romantic relationship in Mm -hmm when you're still trying to figure out your own self,
0: right. you know, as your own.
3: So um, I think it really has to be taken cautiously. And um, I don't know. That's all I have, I yeah. guess. No, and that's thinking all about a, a mother of a future for future high schoolers. Yeah. At least. Um, I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bronze, you got anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind was, what's the point of dating for marriage? In high school, I didn't know what the heck I wanted for my life, um, let alone who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with or what qualities were important to me. Um, And I mean, honestly, a huge thing for me, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I was one of like five Catholics in my school system, and my faith was very important to me, but none of the guys were living, yeah, virtuously or practicing the faith that I knew I wanted to raise my family in. Um, So that was hard because most of my peers were all dating each other. Um, But I'm grateful that I, yeah, I didn't really date that much in high school. And I'm glad that that was my decision. Um, I think, yeah, I probably could have learned a few things about myself, but I wasn't ready to think about what I wanted for the rest of my life. At that point, I was learning too much about myself Um, and so I think, yeah, being a little older before you start intentionally dating in that way is better. Yeah.
0: I know for me, when I was dating in high school, it was like, uh, only through seminary and kind of giving it over to the Lord. Was there a process of like healing, but also a lot of self-knowledge came about after the fact, um, like, Oh, okay. Those were different things that were going on in me and how the Lord created me and all these different things. So, Yeah, no, there is a, there needs to be, I think, a level of maturity in order to go down that road in high school. Um, Two things that kind of briefly came to me um, for, so Fulton Sheen said these two things. He said, um, women love the whole man, and men have the ability to love parts of women, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, so that just, that's a fallout from the fall, and you kind of both articulated that well, like. When I'm dating, I'm dating the full man, and like, everything there, and men don't. And so, Fulton Sheen even says, he goes to the ladies, he goes, be careful, because you can only love fully, and they can love part, and you just don't know. And so,
2: Mm
0: that would be one thing. And then, Mm -hmm. I think it was Sheen that said, um, the level of womanhood is the level of society. Correct. Because men will pursue what is beautiful, and women are beautiful, and so... And the holiness is the most beautiful thing possible. Mm -hmm. So I guess the overarching thing is not only physical attraction, but internal attraction is even more um, captivating for men. And so, especially for high schoolers and even into college, like that time of being single to pursue holiness um, um, and to pursue the Lord in that, um, to be able to be the... To the, be the lovely bride that you want to be, that we all, you know, all desire to be, um, and, and to do that in Christ. So,
2: yeah, no, I can right attest there. to that. <clears throat> One of the hardest part of my own discernment as a, uh, calling me the priest, I didn't date. I was, I was like, you're in bronze. I saw the all of the drama. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I didn't mind being the wingman. I could set people up. Fine. That's fine by me. You know, I'll just go have fun and that's you it. You
0: set people up. Uh, but then,
2: um, but it does go back to kind of like the the most humbling question, right? Um, I know I had one wise priest told me. He said, you know, if you whatever state you're called to, right, give God the best, right, give God the best of yourself. So if you're ready and you seem you seem to uh, and you're, you you think you're ready for relationship, God's giving the sign, then give give God the best, which means take that time to really pursue that person to understand if he's meant for you. Go on a date. Go on a date. That's awesome. But for me, it was just like this continual self uh um the self growth of learning to depend on god you know and then um and so those years of, of becoming a priest it was hard cuz there were days where i'm like is this sacrifice even worth it right, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but <clears throat> but then uh it, it goes back to what we've been talking the whole time how do we give ourselves you know to god It's very uh, the gift has to be intentional in that part um yeah so that's so, from my from my experience of being single, I didn't view it as a time of wasting, so it was a time of growing. So.
0: You can bring us out if you want.
2: Oh, sure. Thank you for listening to us. We just, um, we ask for your prayers. We, we really want to bring you what's, what's spiritually good and to help you grow in your, in your own lives, women. Um, and so we pray that you continue to open your hearts to Jesus and to allow, we, to allow yourself to be changed, but also not to be afraid of what he might reveal to you through these talks. Um, and allow yourself to be led because whatever the Lord wants of us is the best for us. It will make us the happiest. The hardest part is not to just acknowledge but to surrender. When we were children, we learned to trust wholeheartedly, but now as adults, we have to learn how to surrender into that trust. And so thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Once again, I'm Father Tate.
0: Father
2: Brian. And thank you to our guests, Emily Brunton and Emily Lofi for joining us.
3: Thank
0: you. Thank you. Stay only, my friends. Hashtag. Bye.